You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call, as today, your Indiana Hoosiers exercise some demons, baby, in the Big Ten Tournament with a thrilling comeback to defeat the Michigan Wolverines 74-69 to and advance to play the Illinois Fighting Illini tomorrow, keep their NCAA tournament hopes alive in front of just a surprised and excited crowd of of Hoosier faithful there at the Big Ten tournament who all were thinking that this game and this season were over as Michigan jumped out to a 60-43 to lead against an Indiana team that just didn't really seem to be there for the game, wasn't active, didn't play with the energy and conviction that they need for a moment like this. But boy, did they find it. And when they found it, they didn't relinquish it. Defense, Xavier Johnson, Trace Jackson Davis making plays, hustle plays, guys off the bench like Rob Finnessy, Trey Galloway, Jordan Geronimo. Just a phenomenal comeback in so many ways for this Indiana program and a win that really in so many ways just flips the script on the season. You know, this, you know, we saw Indiana play like this against Michigan early in the season. And they didn't have anything left in the tank. They weren't able to come back. Today they were. We've seen this be a team that is able to get leads going down the stretch, and they're not able to protect them. Today they were. What a win for the Indiana Hoosiers. And we're going to talk about it here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris. Yes, it is just me here. Uh, Coach is up at the Big Ten Tournament. Ryan and Andy both uh, had previous engagement stuff they had to do. None of our other guys who can usually fill in were able to come, so it is just me. Boy, you know, there's something, man. When it is just me doing a post-game show, the first one we did was the IU-Kentucky game, the watch shot. Uh, they <laughs> tend to be some really uh, really fun, thrilling games when it's only me here uh, to talk about, although hopefully we'll get some people to join us uh, a little bit later. But wow, what a win for Indiana. Okay, let's start this show the way that we start every show, and that is with our Who's Your Proud Banner moment. And... So many choices that you could go with for this one. But I'm going back, I don't know, probably like four or five minutes left uh, in the second half. And Trace Jackson Davis hits a couple of free throws for Indiana to give Indiana the lead, 63-62. to This came after a, a shot clock violation for Michigan uh, that was you know, obviously forced by terrific Indiana defense. This punctuated a 20-3 run for Indiana to take the lead. Now, Michigan would end up scoring on the next possession. They took the lead back, but then on the following possession, Xavier Johnson is patient against Michigan zone. He gets it into Trace Jackson Davis. Trace hits a little hook shot. Then Trace goes down on the other end and blocks a Caleb Houston shot. And to me, this is the banner moment because it brings together everything that was needed for Indiana to come back in this game. Right? What did Indiana need? The defensive pressure had to to come back. I mean, Indiana, look, this is a really bad matchup for Indiana against this Michigan team, right? They've got big wings who can shoot. They've got a big guy in Hunter Dickinson that presents a lot of challenges for Trace Jackson Davis. They've got experienced ball handlers to get the ball where it needs to go. But this is not an impossible matchup 
for Indiana, right? And yet, throughout the first half and early in the second half, we defended like it was an impossible matchup. They're running us around in circles, you know, and what we had been doing all season long defensively, which is really kind of forcing our will on the opposition, we just weren't doing. And finally, we started doing that. And I don't know, you know, maybe someone who's a little bit more astute at the X's and O's stuff, you know, will be able to come and tell me that, you know, we made this adjustment or that adjust adjustment. I thought the adjustment that we made was personnel-wise, going with guys like Rob and Trey that are just going to go out there and play great defense. Obviously, having X on the court really made a difference. And then Trace was active defensively, which he hadn't been before. It was energy. It was conviction. You know, it was just going out there and competing possession after possession. And it's amazing what happens when you do that. And it's almost like Michigan just wasn't ready for it uh, because it's been so easy for them uh, against us. And we finally made it tough. And so the defense obviously keyed it. But then down on the other end, obviously having the ball in Xavier Johnson's hands is huge. And he did a wonderful job today. But if you're going to make a comeback like this, and if you're going to win a game like this, your All-American, your All-Big Ten player has to play like it. And for Trace Jackson Davis, you know, he was not good in the first half. Not at all. But we have seen him, you know, sometimes that 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 switch gets flipped and he gets angry or he gets into it and he can take it to another level. That's why, you know, he hasn't been Indiana's best player in a lot of games this season, but he has the highest ceiling for Indiana because of his athleticism and what he can do on both ends when he is truly focused and engaged in the game and competitive. And he was in the second half. And so for him to come out and do what he did all of it. You know, that's why that was the banner moment to me. On offense, you know, scoring in a variety of ways, on defense, coming down and blocking shots. He finishes today with 24 points, eight boards, four block shots. In the second half, Trace Jackson Davis, 19 points and four block shots for Indiana. That's what he can do. Who cares that Hunter Dickinson is bigger and has beaten him in these other matchups? Trace just wadded all that up in, you know, in his hand and threw it in the garbage. And you know, I, I sent out a tweet earlier today that said, I think this is a legacy game for Trace Jackson Davis. You know, the season's hanging in the balance. He hasn't been to an NCAA tournament. It's in this matchup, you know, that he typically struggles in, has struggled against Michigan, struggles against a guy like Hunter Dickinson. It's a legacy game for him. What does he do? And through the first half, it looked like it would be kind of adding more to the narrative of Trace as a guy who has shrunk from some moments and shrunk from some battles like this. But he had a chance to rewrite that in the second half, and he did. And this is now the signature Trace Jackson Davis performance. There's no question about it. What he did in the second half, he was outstanding. Um, and so that is the banner moment. And that's to take nothing away, obviously, from the other guys. And we're going to talk about all of them. And Xavier Johnson especially, who was so important for Indiana today. But Indiana does not get this win if Trace doesn't come out with an absolute fire lit underneath him in the second half to dominate on both ends, and he did. He was outstanding in the second half, and it's a humongous reason why Indiana was able to come back and win this game. Okay, our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fifth season of sponsoring the Assembly Call and their first as the presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. 
And as you surely know by now, Homefield has the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you are going to find anywhere with beloved logos like two different versions of the Bison. They've got t-shirts celebrating Indiana's National Championship. They've got t-shirts celebrating the women's team, other sports. If you want it from an Indiana perspective, they've got it. And if you support other college teams, if you have people in your life who do, Homefield probably has something for them too. Their product line now extends to, gosh, it's got to be 130, 140 different schools now. They have unique vintage logos for all of them. They've really been uh, coming out a lot lately with kind of some traditional basketball powers as we uh, as we get into March here. Just tons of great stuff. I think UCLA either is coming out or has come out. And no matter what you buy, you know it's going to be comfortable. The colors are going to last through many washings. And you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly, and there's nothing better than that. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, well... It is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from uh, from the rest of our team. There is no rest of the team right now. Uh, it is just me here doing this. Uh, feeling a little bit like Xavier Johnson in the first half, honestly. Uh, kind of having to do this, having to do this all uh, all by myself. But you know, I, I want to spend some time now here, um, you know, talking a little bit about Xavier Johnson um, because you know, as important obviously as what Trace did in the second half was. What Xavier Johnson did in the first half, just to keep, you know, Indiana within reach was massive. You know, I mean, you know, we are all obviously excited about how the last, you know, 10, 11 minutes of that game went and rightfully so, you know, I mean, I I found myself, you know, they're showing all these montages uh, of, you know, big moments in the Big Ten tournament. I'm like, man, we haven't had our montage moment outside of the moments other people (laughs) have had against us. You know, and I don't know if there's a particular moment from this game that they're going to be showing over and over again, but it certainly is a memorable big a memorable Big Ten moment, a Big Ten tournament moment for us. And, you know, just it it doesn't even have a chance of happening if you don't get from Xavier Johnson, you know, what you got from him. He comes out and scores eight of Indiana's first ten points in the first half when frankly Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis were terrible, you know, and they talked about, you know, on the broadcast how Mike Woodson really lit into them uh, at the, you know, at the first, you know, timeout. You can't have that. You know, you're not going to win many games with your two big guys playing, you know, two big guys who are as important to Indiana as Race and Trace are. You're not going to win many games with them playing like they did early, you know, and throughout that first half where they combined for seven points. They're three of nine. They turn the ball over. They missed opportunities. Trace misses a dunk. You know, Race has bad passes. Those guys just never got themselves going. Um, you know, but X, X did get things going for Indiana, uh, with eight points that were really important. And, you know, obviously I thought a big decision in that first half was when he got that second foul and I don't fault him on that second foul. I'm not sure what you want him to do to me. That's not a foul that should have been called. Uh, his third foul didn't look like a foul that should have been called either. You know, but then he has to go sit on the bench. Uh, and it was 15 to 10 when he went out. Uh, you know, Michigan would go on, uh, you know, to outscore Indiana by a bunch with Xavier sitting on the bench. I was railing against it on Twitter the entire half because to me, you just you can't do that with the season hanging in the balance. Um, and, you know, in the second half, obviously, he picks up that that quick foul. Uh, you know, he kind of motions for Mike Woodson to leave him in the game. Woodson does. He took him out for a little bit, but then put him back in. X able to play 18 minutes. Uh, I believe he finished with just the three fouls, right? 
Yeah, so he finishes with just the three fouls. And so his ability to do a couple of things. Number one, to continue to put great pressure on the ball. I mean, he is so important to what this team does defensively. And his ability to put great pressure on the ball and be active defensively uh, without fouling. You know, frankly, I thought him taking a charge on the very first possession of the second half at least set a good tone for Indiana. Like, hey, we're here. We're, you know, we're not just going to give this thing up. And his ability to do that and then to go on the other end and just orchestrate the offense so well. When the shots were there, he made them. You know, he goes three or four from downtown, uh, seven assists. All seven of his assists come in the second half. He's able to find Trace a lot. They were able to figure out some things to do against Michigan's defense. But, you know, Xavier Johnson is the guy. He finishes today plus 13. You know, he is, he has become the engine, the heartbeat of this team. Uh, and you know, we really saw it today and it was great that everybody kind of came and followed his lead in the second half, but he was doing this from the beginning, you know, and you know, I found myself lamenting as Indiana got closer, but you're not sure if they're going to come all the way back. It's like, man, we got close. Now those minutes in the first half are really looming large where if we're just three, four, five points better, you know, maybe, you know, maybe this is closer. Now Indiana was able to, to finish it out. Um, and so that doesn't really matter. Um, but it just shows you how important he is to have on the court for Indiana. Uh, he was terrific. And that two-man game between you know him and Trace, we saw Purdue be unable to stop it in the second half up there, even though you know Indiana wasn't able to, to complete the victory there. Uh, but today they did it again, and Michigan wasn't able to stop it, and Indiana just kept doing it all the way down the stretch. So those two guys were just outstanding today especially in the second half, you know, Indiana didn't get a ton otherwise from the starting lineup. You know, Miller Cop hit a couple of big threes. So, you know, he, it's not that he gave nothing. And I thought, you know, played some good defense there in the second half too, when he was in there. Uh, but, you know, Race Thompson, very uncharacteristically doesn't give Indiana a lot. Parker Stewart, you know, kind of has a game that we've seen from Parker. Some games are better than others for him, only able to get three shots up. But the other huge, huge storyline for Indiana was the play of the bench today. And, you know, we have talked about throughout this season, the eye test and the numbers back it up, how important Rob Finnessy and Trey Galloway are to what this team does, because this team's identity is defense. It is. I was actually, I was talking with a member of the team uh, two nights ago, last night, I don't know, whenever it was, maybe it was two nights ago, uh, you know, and his statement to me was, you know, we feel good about what's going to happen in the Big Ten tournament because no one wants to play us because of how hard we defend. And I was like, you're right. You know, that, that makes me feel good about what's happening. And Indiana had none of that identity early against Michigan. Indiana wasn't difficult to defend. They were running around in circles as Michigan did whatever they wanted to do uh, offensively. And getting Rob in the game, getting Trey in the game, you know, helped that a little bit. Didn't help a ton in the first half. But once you got those guys playing with X in the second half and some momentum started to build, you know, defensively, it was just huge. Plus Jordan Geronimo. You know, fans have been asking for Jordan Geronimo to play more. I thought, you know, Michigan was giving Indiana a lot of trouble, you know, Hunter Dickinson doing Hunter Dickinson things, but really it was Musa Diabate that was giving Indiana a ton of trouble. Uh, and Race Thompson, especially. You know, I remember that play from the first half where Musa gets a rebound, takes it coast to coast. And, you know, Race just isn't able to do anything against him in transition defense because of the athleticism and the length that Diabate brought to the table. And, you know, Jordan Geronimo, 
you know, he plays 20 minutes. The stats aren't remarkable. You know, five points, although the three-pointer that he hit was a was an important one. Uh, you know, only two rebounds, did get a couple of blocks. But Jordan Geronimo was 20, plus 21. Uh, and I'm citing those numbers today because they really tell part of the story. They are not flawed stats today. Jordan Geronimo's impact was huge. Indiana had to get more athletic. They had to get more energetic. And Jordan Geronimo brought that. It was huge. And I think Mike Woodson's decision to roll with Jordan and to keep Race Thompson on the bench. I mean, imagine saying two weeks ago, hey, Indiana's going to be down. They're going to need to desperately make a comeback against Michigan. They're going to do it. The game's going to get close, and Race Thompson isn't going to see the floor. We'd have been like, what confluence of circumstances created that? Well, this one did. And, you know, Mike Woodson. Sometimes he has trusted his gut in lineup situations, and we've questioned it, yada, yada. He went with the guys who were playing well today, and it worked. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about Jordan Geronimo coming up here uh, in the Meaningful Moments segment, because there were several from him. But, you know, look, just a, a remarkable, remarkable afternoon for Indiana today, exercising demons. You know, Indiana hadn't beaten Michigan in nine games, and so many of those Michigan games looked the same where it's just Michigan running their offense, doing whatever they want to do, Indiana unable to do anything to stop it, and that was happening today. Dickinson's doing whatever he wants. Caleb Houston is getting open threes. Michigan guards are getting the ball wherever they want it to go. And Indiana finally said, enough is enough. Because of X getting more minutes in the second half, because of rolling with the defensive lineup of Rob Finnessy and Trey Galloway and Jordan Geronimo, and just saying, we're not going to do this anymore. And so they exercised that demon. Obviously, the Big Ten tournament is a place where just nothing good ever seems to happen to Indiana. And they were able to exercise that demon, making a, a comeback all the way back. And look, every single one of us, every single one of us, when Indiana's up seven and Michigan goes on that little 5-0 run and Indiana has two straight possessions where, you know, X turns the ball over against the pressure and then Trey Galloway at the end of the shot clock has to kind of try to flip that little shot up. We're all thinking, oh, no. We're going to make this comeback. We get up by seven, and now the, the demon that we faced all season long of collapsing late, it's going to come back to bite us. And what does Indiana do? They close it out anyway. And we're going to talk about a couple of really key plays down the stretch that Indiana made to help them close it out. But, you know, look, I, I'm just, for as disappointed as I was, as we all were, watching the first 25, 30 minutes of that game, you know, and there have been a lot of, hey, this is a must-win game. Hey, the season hangs in the balance. Hey, Indiana's back is really up against the wall. Well, guess what? When you're down, when you're on the bubble and you're down 17 points in your Big Ten tournament game, this was the true back against the wall. The season really hangs in the balance here. And it took a little while for Indiana to respond in the right way to it, but they did. And I'm really, really proud of the guys and the program for coming back and getting this win. You know, it wasn't an accident. They didn't just get hot from three-point range. Michigan didn't just start, you know, playing terribly. A lot of things had to come together. But the thing that had to happen first is Indiana had to just start competing more and playing with more energy, playing with conviction, finding that togetherness. And I don't know exactly what lit the spark, but the spark got lit and they kept it going and they finished all the way through. All the things that this program hasn't been able to do in seasons past and even this season, they did it today. It by no means, you know, 
suggests that, you know, everything is fine and all of that stuff. You know, there are legitimate questions that should be asked about why do you get down 17 in the first place? But the most important thing is what they did when they faced that situation. And this team showed that it's got a different level of character. It's got a, a different a different well of competitiveness to tap into that previous teams have not had. And I give a huge amount of credit to Xavier Johnson for that because it's just how he is. And I give a lot of credit to Mike Woodson for rolling with the guys who were showing the competitiveness and trusting them. And they repaid that trust down the stretch. Uh, and just a, a terrific, terrific afternoon for Indiana, a huge, huge win. And uh, we're going to keep talking about it uh, here on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. So coming up here as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's five-point victory over Michigan, we'll talk about today's meaningful moments you might have missed. And then we'll go inside the numbers to highlight some of the most important statistical notes from the game. You are listening to the Assembly Call. Stick with us. Hey, this is Max Bielfeld, Big Ten champ and better than advertised sixth man of the year in 2016. And speaking of better than advertised, join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you very much, Max. You are listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm Jared Morris here with Jared Morris, and uh, I'm breaking down Indiana's 74-69 victory over Michigan uh, in the opening round for Indiana of the Big Ten Tournament. And it is time for today's meaningful moments that you might have missed. By the way, you know, speaking of Max Bielfeld, who was around for the last time Indiana beat Michigan, you'll remember that game up at Michigan where I think Indiana had a 26-0 run in the first half, 26-0, 28-0, something like that. Today, of course, Indiana needs whatever it was, 26-4, 28-4 run to win. So apparently that is the path to victory against Michigan. We've got to get some sort of historic run uh, against them to do it. But whatever. I'm I'm not I'm not worried about the how right now. We can break all that down later. Uh, You know, just so excited that Indiana was able to get this win. The season lives. Uh, You know, now, as someone uh, tweeted to me a couple of days ago, beat Michigan to make Saturday interesting, beat Illinois to make it fun. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about the Illinois game later. Uh, But for right now, I want to talk about uh, some meaningful moments that you might have missed. And, you know, one of them comes right at the end of the game. Uh, and I don't think it's a moment that anybody missed, but it is certainly a moment that I want to highlight. Uh, and it's it, it goes to Jordan Geronimo and just, you know, the reason why having him out there was so, so important. You know, there's 44 seconds left. Indiana leads 71 to 69. This is after Michigan, you know, goes on that quick 5-0 run. They take a timeout. Everybody is thinking, Oh no, here we go again, right? And what are the reasons why Indiana hasn't done well in close games? Well, they've missed open shots, sure. Uh, They've had bad execution and not gotten good shots. And sometimes the bounces haven't gone their way. Like, to be as poor as Indiana has been in close games this year, it's a mix of everything. And to say that bounces haven't gone Indiana's way is not to excuse what what has happened at the end of close games, because it's not just all about luck, right? Sometimes it is, but sometimes you just create your own good luck or you create your own bounces by being active and doing the things that you're on the court to do 
which is what sometimes it seems like Indiana doesn't do at the end of games because they're so concerned about making a mistake that they don't do the things that they're out there to do, whether it's Parker Stewart or Miller Cop taking or making a shot, you know, whether it's Trace Jackson Davis attacking the basket, whatever. The things that get Indiana close, they stop doing them. Well, what happens on this possession? It's 71-69. Indiana does not have a good offensive possession, right? They, I think the announcer said that Hunter Dickinson was calling out the play. Uh, it's a little bit disjointed. We ended up you know, getting kind of a, a desperation heave by Miller Cop at the end of the shot clock, and Michigan rebounds the ball. But what happened after that was a big part of the reason why this game was different. Instead of Michigan having the ball uh, with a two-point lead and going the other way, Jordan Geronimo creates two deflections. Uh, I don't remember who got the rebound, but then it got over to Musa Diabate. As soon as the guy got the rebound, Jordan Geronimo deflected it and kind of made it hard for him to fully gather it. Then Diabate got it, and Geronimo's over there harassing him, gets a deflection. Diabate has to rush the pass to Brooks, and it goes out of bounds. Indiana gets the ball back. Xavier Johnson is able to get a couple of free throws. He knocks him in 73-69. to That right there, that is the play Indiana hasn't been making, right? The offensive possession looked kind of familiar, but Jordan Geronimo, someone just to go in there and make a play like that, those two deflections were huge. Michigan didn't just throw the ball away. They didn't just make a mistake. It wasn't just a bounce that went Indiana's way. Indiana created the mistake. Indiana created the bounce, and then when they got their opportunity to knock in free throws, they got it to Xavier Johnson, who every single IU fan trusted to make those free throws, and he stepped up and he did it. And now instead of Michigan going down with a chance to tie or take the lead, it's a four-point game. That play right there, that's what has been missing in late games for Indiana. And they were able to do it today. A huge, huge play by Jordan Geronimo, who made several of them. You know, frankly, I thought Jordan Geronimo's three in the first half was important. You know, Michigan, you know, they're looking like they're going to run away with it. He hits a three to make it 29-21. You know, just... Sometimes in the first half, when another team is making a run like that, you just need a play here and there to keep yourself within arm's reach, you know, and Jordan made that play. Uh, And Indiana was just able, I mean, you know, look, they were down at halftime. No one felt hopeful about it, but at least because of plays like that, it's, you know, you're down 11, 12, 13, whatever it is, instead of 18, 19. So Jordan Geronimo getting minutes today and just going out there and doing Jordan Geronimo things was huge. But Trey Galloway had a lot of them too. And so another meaningful moment, you know, we're going to go back to the beginning of that run for Indiana because it's 60 to 43 with 11 minutes and 30 seconds to go. And Xavier Johnson hits a three in transition, which was big, you know, just him stepping up. He hasn't been a guy that has been great at shooting off the dribble. He knocked that one in. We go down uh, on, on the other end. They miss a shot. We get a tough rebound. By the way, the kind of rebounds that we were not getting in the first half when there would be shots. There were at least two times I can remember in the first half where Michigan missed a shot. The ball just bounces on the ground. There's three or four Hoosiers there to get it, and a Michigan guy scurries in, gets it, and is able to, to follow it up. They weren't getting those in the second half. Right. And so we get that rebound. Jordan Geronimo ends up getting fouled on the other end. He makes both free throws. Again, it's 60 to, to 46 at this point. You need every little bit of momentum you can get, right? Every, every bucket that you can get. Those two free throws were big for a guy who has struggled at the free throw line. And then IU gets another stop. And we start to just get that huge, huge defensive run where Michigan goes like 10, 11, 12 minutes, whatever it was, without making a field goal. But the other moment that I want to highlight here 
So Geronimo makes those free throws. The 11-minute mark at 60 to 48. Trace missed that dunk, right? And you're thinking, my God, man, Trace misses a dunk. Uh, you know, you think back to the first half where, you know, he missed a dunk. He couldn't convert an alley-oop. And it's like, this stuff is going to start to add up. And that moment, it felt a little bit deflating in the moment, right? And Michigan gets a run out and you're thinking, damn, man, instead of it being 60 to 50, they're going to go make a three. It's going to be 63 to 48. And it's going to be the same thing all over again. What happens? Trey Galloway does Trey Galloway things, hustles down, gets a poke away steal that leads to a run out dunk for Trace. And now it's 60 to 50. And I wrote in my notes, signs of life for IU. That is what they needed at this point. Getting that bucket, (coughs) terribly sorry, that bucket and making it a 10 point game. It's not that anybody, I think at that point, believed Indiana was going to come back, but you started to think, hey, wait a minute, maybe this team has something here, right? And, you know, next possession they come down, Trace Jackson Davis gets a steal and he, you know, or there's a couple possessions later, actually, and he gets it out to Trey. Trey misses that wide open layup, you know, and, and Trey made a couple of mistakes that are late. He missed a layup. He had a turnover. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? When you play as hard as Trey Galloway has been playing and you make those kinds of plays on defense and you do those kinds of things, you're going to get some benefit of the doubt from me. And he stayed on the court and was able to obviously continue to make winning plays uh, for Indiana. But, you know, this has been a, a team so often this season, Indiana has not been able to win games like this because, you know, the starters aren't really able to, to do what you need them to do. And the bench guys don't come in and give you the lift that they need to. But you just look throughout this run that Indiana made. I mean, you know, X getting assists and making shots. We remember all of those, you know, trace with the dunks and the big plays and the blocks. You remember all of those, but man, those little plays that a Jordan Geronimo makes that, a Trey Galloway makes that Rob Finnessy made, you know, even though, you know, maybe not a ton of the plays that Rob Finnessy made stand out him just coming in and being a guy who can pressure Michigan's guards and just get him out of stuff. You know, part of the problem with Indiana playing Michigan is Indiana's on their heels defensively. And it's just so easy for Michigan to do whatever they want to do. And Indiana changed that with the pressure of a guy like Rob Finnessy. So those guys coming in and doing what they needed to do um, was absolutely huge. Um, and you know, Indiana doesn't win, uh, without those guys and we could go down and there's probably, you know, there's other really big moments, uh, that, that we could talk about, but just, uh, just an unbelievable, unbelievable job, um, from those guys coming off the bench and Indiana, uh, from a bench points perspective, let me look, where's the, uh, where's the split box here? Uh, bench points, Indiana wins at 14 to six. That was a huge, huge difference in the game uh, for Indiana. And look, you know, the the other thing that I want to talk about here uh, is Mike Woodson. Um, And another meaningful moment, you know, that I thought, you know, we talked in the Purdue game about the timeout usage for Mike Woodson, you know, and how you can't, you can't get to the very end of that game, right? Without, without having a timeout left, Um, you know, just the process just isn't a good one. Well, today, you know, we didn't have any of those, you know, kind of early timeouts. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. But I thought it was really, really interesting that uh, Woody took a timeout with like the 445 mark, right? So, you know, we've kind of completed the comeback, at least in terms of, you know, getting the, getting the game tied. I don't even remember what the score was at that point. 
But what you see a lot of times in games like this is, you know, a team like Indiana, they scramble back, they play so hard to come back, but then they don't have enough left down the stretch. And so Woody takes a timeout at about the 4.30 mark, right? So it's coming pretty soon before the last media timeout is going to come. And he still had two timeouts after that. And I thought that was such a smart timeout to take because you give your guys a break. They've been playing so hard. And we've seen, you know, this Indiana team, at times they can have a good flurry, but then, you know, they, they kind of lose it. Um, you know, they, they get a little bit fatigued. Um, and, you know, I thought that timeout really helped Indiana kind of save their legs. And you got that other media timeout uh, coming after that. And I just, you know, look, you're going to need so many different moments. You can almost just go down the play-by-play for meaningful moments in the second half because when you're down 17 in the second half, every single moment is meaningful because you have no more margin for error left. But I thought that was a really big one. And frankly, I thought Mike Woodson getting a technical foul early and really getting on the refs was good. Um, You know, yes, you don't want to send the signal to your guys that, you know, hey, we're just getting screwed on calls and this isn't our fault and all that stuff. But you have to fight for your guys. And while I don't think that the officiating is the reason why Indiana was down 17 uh, in the second half, I think you could, you know, I mean, look, there was a foul disparity. There's going to be a foul disparity when one team is doing whatever it wants offensively, has your defense off balance. You're going to commit more fouls. And when you're not being very aggressive offensively. So I thought today, as opposed to the Purdue game, I thought the foul disparity made sense, even though I thought X's second and third fouls were both very questionable. But, you know, Mike Woodson fights for his guys. And, you know, down the stretch, things got a little bit more even. But also, Indiana was more aggressive. So it's like, you know, I think it all kind of adds up. But I think Mike Woodson continuing to fight, if nothing else, and sends a signal to your guys, hey, we're down 17, but this game is not over. You know, and we are not going to stop fighting. Uh, And so I think for a lot of the warranted criticisms that we have had about Mike Woodson and his in-game coaching and all of that stuff, you know, man, I thought, you know, the team wasn't ready to play in the first half, and that's an issue and whatever, we can talk about that some other, some other time. Um, but when it came time to guiding this team down the stretch to help do that thing, right, teach them how to win, I thought Mike did a great job today. I really did. His decisions, um, I just, I thought it was a really, really well-coached game in the second half to help put his team in a position to close this out. Um, I didn't agree at all with letting X sit on the bench in the first half. And I think that decision... There are many, many scenarios where that last 10 minutes doesn't go quite as perfectly for Indiana, where you look back at that scenario, you know, if this is a two or three point loss and you say, boy, would have liked to have those eight or nine minutes back. But, you know, it, it worked out today. It worked out today. That's the most important thing in a must win game. It worked out. And down the stretch in the second half, I thought Woody made so many decisions where it's like, that's going to help keep the momentum. That's going to help keep the guys fresh. That's what you need to do. Uh, so just a uh, a great, great job uh, by him today and by everybody making that comeback. All right. Uh, hey, let's bring in uh, real quick. I need to, you know, you guys are probably sick of hearing my voice. So Tony Stuckey, uh, one of our community members, uh, you know, let's get a, a reaction from him, maybe a question uh, to guide the next part of this before we go inside the numbers. Uh, Tony. How you feeling? Welcome. How, how about this for making Hello? your first appearance so on the you assembly hear me call? Okay? I can hear you. You sound good. 
Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate the, the invite. I saw the, you know, the, it went out late last night uh, from you with uh, when everybody else bailed on you today, but uh, I could <laughs> have good excuses. A, a they better had better game to, to make a premiere on. Yeah, exactly. No, I am so thrilled to death with the effort the entire team put out today and the coaching staff. It was, that was an amazing second half performance and, and just loved the, the grit and, and fight there. So it was, it was a treat. It was man. It was, you know, it's, it's, it's all, you know, it's so rewarding when you have a game like this, where it just, it feels like you're done. And it's like, man, this team really sunk to the lowest of our possible expectations and fears for this moment. And then to turn it around and just totally flip the script, you know what? It wasn't a perfect performance. And there, there's things to break down for why Indiana got down and all of that. And you, you don't want to have to make this improbable comeback, right? It's like, just play better. And maybe it didn't need to be that improbable. Or maybe you're just actually better than Michigan when you play like this. But whatever. This was what happened in this game. And for the team to rally like it did and kind of follow X and finally say enough is enough, let's compete. It's, it's one of the most rewarding experiences that you can have as a fan to realize, wait a minute, this team has a well of resolve and good play that I wasn't quite anticipating, you know, and it gives you some hope that some other things may be possible here down the stretch. No doubt. Yeah. That's what, uh, I, you know, obviously kind of made a mark. I was keep track of the game there and it, but, uh, consider from that, that 1254 mark that they, uh, they only allowed Michigan two field goals the rest of the way is, was really amazing. I mean, they can, they, they've hung their hat on their defense all year long, obviously, but, but man, it really came out in spades today. And, and it was, uh, you know, totally what won, won it for them today, but uh, they put so much pressure on uh, and, and was able to keep uh, guards from getting any, uh, a lot of straight line runs to the basket there in the second half. It was, it was so impressive. That's how kind of number I looked off the stats there that, uh, you look at that 1139 mark, uh, the win probability, IU had 1% chance of winning this game. <laughs> 1%, wow. or, you know, uh, 1.1%. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's quite a, quite a comeback. <laughs> wow. Tony, what a number to pull, man. Holy smokes. I didn't even, I did not even realize that. Oh man, that yeah. is awesome. That is awesome. Um, all right. We're going to bring in our buddy, Chad Schwartzkopf as well. Uh, and by the way, we need to we need to hop inside the numbers here, and and Tony really put us in that direction with the number of the game. Indiana was. <laughs> it's about time we reversed one of those ridiculous win probability numbers uh, in our direction. Uh, and this segment sponsored by Ed Fang and the Power Rank. Ed, a Michigan fan, by the way, uh, so he is uh, probably not feeling too good about his squad after that game. And I think I saw earlier today. He said his numbers predicted a Michigan win by 1.6 points, you know, and about a, you know, a low 50s win probability. Uh, <laughs> Indiana able to turn around a 1% probability to win. How, how about that for a number? Uh, but this segment sponsored by Bracket Wisdom, and that is the new podcast from Ed. Uh, and if you want to win your March Madness pool, you need to listen to Ed and you need to read his book because he wrote the book on how to win your pool. Uh, and this podcast series is going to be daily, Bracket Wisdom. It started on March 7th. It continues on. It will get you ready along with his book to crush your pool. So to check out that series, by the way, it's in his the feed for his show, The Football Analytics Show. So in whatever podcast app you use, search for Ed Fang or The Power Rank or The Football Analytics Show. It'll be in there and then follow Ed on Twitter at The Power Rank. 
uh, to get more. And we're probably going to do a show with him at the beginning of next week to kind of give some nuggets about uh, you know who some sleepers may be in your NCAA tournament bracket. And who knows, maybe the Hoosiers will actually be in it this year. After a win like today, <laughs> things start to seem possible. Uh, okay, let's dissect a few of the numbers that tell the story of this game. Before we do that, though, Chad, thanks for hopping on here. Uh, give me your big picture thoughts, overview uh, on this IU victory. Gosh, isn't sport fun, guys, when it goes the right way? Uh, <laughs> sports are an escapism. It's, it's something we use to distract ourselves from our daily lives, the things that uh, bug us. And uh, recently, it hasn't contributed in the positive manner for Hoosier Nation fans and everything. And man, what an, what an injection that does for all of us today. I mean, just feel how you feel right now. Isn't that great? Isn't the rest of the day just going to feel so much better after this kind of effort and this excitement out of it? It just I have, feels I have better. a call, uh, by the way, I have a call in like a half hour, a work call. <laughs> People are going to be like, what is wrong with you? Why are you so excited? It's <laughs> off the walls. I just I don't think, I, these are not like basketball people. So I don't know if I'm going to adequately be able to express why I seem like I'm probably high on some sort of, wonderful I don't, drug. I don't think, I don't think I have shouted the word. Yes. So many times, so loudly, uh, before in my life, I was screaming it. I'm feel a little scratchy, even in my voice. I'm completely fine with that. Now, look, we're also very, um, superstitious fans. So whatever you did at home watching the game, when things were getting tense, if you changed the way you were sitting, if you uh, cracked open a beer, whatever you did uh, when IU turned around, uh, thank you for doing that. I, I will say that mine is when, when games get a little tense and everything, I've got a I've got a 15-pound barbell weight that I sit and I just do curls, arms up and down, just when things get tense in the game. And I just stand right in front of my TV and did that. And I started to do that and the game started to turn around. And I had to stand there and do that for the last 30, 40 minutes of this game. And so my arms are very tired right now, but I will take that for right. the team. It was just the effort. It was that switch in effort, and it was the effort lineup that got in there for the team. It was getting Rob, as as I texted with you, Jared, I, I, I said that this game is going to be very big, I think, for X and Rob to be in there together, to be in that effort lineup. And, and those are the guys you know are just going to give everything on the line. The surprise to us all was Trey getting out there as well. We didn't know Trey was going to play at all. And he yeah. was a difference maker and shows mm -hmm. how much of a difference maker he is for this team and for this season, the way we have losses and wins that have gone for IU. Again, a lot of the captain uh, hindsight and everything like that. Should we have had him in previous losses, it would be a different um, record for this team. But getting those guys in there, I think it was around the 16, uh, 14 minute mark when those guys kind of were in there together, that things started to turn around for the team because those are the guys, no matter what's going on in the game, they put that effort past. So I, I contribute a lot of that run in the end and IU getting back into it for those guys being in there as the effort guys. But then also you talked about the officiating. Now, I don't think the officiating, like you said, contributed to IU being behind. Not at all. But I think it inhibited IU to get back ahead to get that energy, get that excitement. Because I think as players, you're constantly playing with the, ugh, no matter what I do, uh, they're going to call a foul or, or everything. It's hard to get past that moment. And when things started to be called a little bit more even, that I felt that weight come off the players. They played a little bit freer and they played a little bit more on edge, knowing that it wasn't just going to be called against them. That they it's also not a coincidence a that the game started to be called more even when we were more aggressive, too. Yes. You know, like those those two things, I think it was it was kind of a snowball that did kind of start to reinforce itself. It reinforced itself when we were down, and then I think it helped to reinforce itself, you know, once things started to go a little bit better for Indiana. 
So yeah. well, and switching it over as you're wanting to get into numbers, I think with that effort and everything like that, the first number that I'm going to say, and Ryan likes to point it out, I like to point it out too, flawed stat, whatever it may be, but is the number 21. And that's the plus minus for Jordan Geronimo. I mean, what a difference maker he was in this game and everything. And you just look at the plus minuses and the players that were in there, obviously, when the lead was coming back, were those effort players and they are the ones that are in the positives and the plus minus. Yeah. And look, you know, Jordan Geronimo certainly is helped by the fact that, you know, he was in there at the end when Trace is playing like an All-American and Xavier Johnson is playing like one of the best point guards in the country. But Jordan had a huge role to play uh, in that number, you know, and look, I think you bring up a really great point about Trey Galloway that I probably haven't talked about enough yet. Trey has not played. I don't even know how much he's really been able to work out. You know, he's had a groin injury. Like that is a difficult injury to play through and even just to work out through to keep your conditioning up. And then the pregame, Mike Woodson's talking about how he's a game time decision. Well, so much for, yeah. I mean, the game called for him and he was ready 28 minutes for Trey Galloway today, 28 minutes, four points, five assists, three steals, just doing Trey Galloway things all over the place. You know, again, as I mentioned, you know, he's, you know, he turns the ball over, he's dribbling it off his foot a couple times, whatever. I mean, for him to not play in a few games, not practice a ton, and then come back and be a little bit rusty with some of the offensive skill stuff, of course. But what you always get from him is effort and intelligence and being in the right place at the right time. And Indiana needed almost all of those 28 minutes to have a chance because it was it was the collective defensive will of Xavier Johnson and Rob Finnessy and Trey Galloway and Trace Jackson Davis and Jordan Geronimo uh, and Miller Cop some there at the end as well uh, that turned this game for Indiana. Absolutely huge, you know, and we have we've talked about it a lot that this team has been a lot better when you've had Rob and Trey on the court because the defense is elite. Like you look at all the defensive metrics, they would rank in the top two or three in the country when Rob and Trey are on the court. And that's what Indiana looked like in the second half. They look like one of the best defensive teams in the country because they took one of the better offensive teams in the country totally out of what they wanted to do. So those 28 minutes for Trey Galloway um, were absolutely huge. You know, look, other numbers, you know, we cannot overlook Indiana shooting today. Because mm-hmm. for as great as the defense was, and as great as some of this other stuff was that Indiana did, sometimes you still got to make threes. Indiana goes 8 of 15 from downtown today. 3 of 4 for X, 2 of 4 for Miller Cop. Uh, Parker Stewart made one, Rob Finnessy made one, Jordan Geronimo made one. They were all huge. Because a lot of them, it's like they were kind of like spaced out throughout the game. But especially the ones mm-hmm. in the first half, I think Indiana hit, how many did they hit in the first half? Three or four? They hit four, four, four for four 10, for in, the 10 in the first half. half. Yeah. And each one of those, it's like, okay, we're playing terrible, but you hit a three, just keeps you within arm's length. Hit a three, just keeps you within arm's length, right? And so today, you know, it's not like Indiana strung a bunch of threes together and made a big run because of their three-point shooting, where it kind of felt like Michigan, right? Like they hit six of them. But it felt like they would always come like back to back. And it's like, bam, Houston hits a couple of them. And it's like, geez, they went on a big run, right? But Indiana, to number one, to hit as many as they did and to beat Michigan by six points from the three-point line in a five-point game, it's big. You know, the defense was there. They did so many things well that they needed to do. But sometimes you just got to make shots to actually bring the win home. And that's the other part of it that was there today. It wasn't some elite, like, ridiculous shooting day from Indiana. It was just, well, I mean, 8 for 15 is pretty darn good, 53%. That's a little bit abnormal. We'll take them all. Uh, But sometimes you need that to win a game like this. 
And well, it, it's it it's hand in hand, like you said. Uh, when when IU brings out the defensive intensity, the offense follows and and comes along with it. If you just look at the shooting comparison between the two halves. For field, field goals, they were uh, 37%, on nearly 38% in the first half. They were 55.6% in the second half. Same for threes, 40%, like you said, in the first half, which was good, and they were hitting yep. the ones at the right time, but 80%. Yep. Four for five ladies, in, in the second half. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go live to the Big Ten Tournament in Indianapolis. We have Rick Bozich on the scene. Uh, <laughs> Rick, uh, we, uh, we had some texts back and forth there during the game. <laughs> I don't think either one of us was predicting what we saw in the second half. Give us what did it feel like being there? Yeah, it was stunning. It's it was stunning from the standpoint of A, the team hasn't won a game like this all season, and B, the program hasn't won a game like this in the Big Ten tournament since the inception of the Big Ten tournament. I talked to Scott Dolson right outside the press conference a minute ago, and he thinks it's Indiana's biggest win in the Big Ten tournament ever. Uh, and I agree. Uh, because of how far they came back against the team that had just punked them uh, in Assembly Hall. And, um, you know, Mike Woodson got on Trace Jackson Davis pretty good at halftime. They both said that in the postgame press conference, and uh, Jackson Davis responded. So you know, when it was 60 to 43, I'd already had a column. Uh, I, my game story was pretty much written that I had to junk the first six paragraphs. And I was already writing a column about how what a disappointing season this was uh, for, for Indiana uh, to miss the tournament again. And now that tournament will never show up on WDRB.com. <laughs> so, so happy to make you uh, work extra hard there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so take us back to the second half. I mean, being there in person, like what is you're thinking back to, to that, the second half, what were the moments that you thought were really key in turning the tide for Indiana? Um. Well, you know, they outscored them seven to two to start the half, and then Houston hit those back-to-back threes, and that's when I thought, that's when I might have sent you the Thelma and Louise tweet on a text message. I don't really yeah. remember when that was when it was sixty to forty-three, but um, you know, they went to the smaller, mo- more mobile lineup, and um, Galloway and Jordan Geronimo just are more athletic, energy guys who give that team more versatility, extend the defense. I thought they pressured Michigan into, into some bad decisions and bad passes. Um, and they helped space the floor a little bit more. And with, with Thompson that out there, the, I think the floor was was spaced, and, and Xavier Johnson did a good job of attacking, and, and there was nobody in the, near the basket or as many people around the basket uh, to get in the way uh, of Trace Jackson Davis. And I think the, the words that Mike Woodson gave him at halftime – uh, affected him because he played more aggressive. They still missed a few shots, but he actually attacked the rim. So, you know, he, uh, it's just all those things. I, what I really liked though, was the, the lineup change of going with um, Geronimo and Trey Galloway. Trey Galloway was a huge difference maker. You could tell how much they've missed him in all the games. He's, he sat out this year and John and Geronimo shot the ball. He made a three, he made two free throws. I mean, he did more than just you know rebound and play defense. He, he made some some critical points. Yeah, absolutely. And there's no chance that they expected Trey Galloway to be able to play this many minutes. I mean, Woody was talking about how he's a game time yeah. decision before the game. Did he say anything about that? I haven't had a chance to look at the comments. Did he say anything no? About he didn't that? say anything about that in the in, in the post game about him how, how available he was or how much more he'll be able to play going forward against Illinois tomorrow. But um, I watched him quite a bit at warmups. He looked he didn't look like he was 100 percent to me. Uh, but when he played, he looked like he was 100. percent And he's got that competitive. He and Geronimo both are, you know, more competitive. It's it's not a knock against some of the other guys. It's like they they looked like it meant something to them, and they didn't want to uh, 
they didn't want to go out getting blown out by Michigan in the last game of the Big Ten tournament. Like they, they were, they were actually embarrassed. And they also I think the whole group. I think I told you before the game it was fifteen to one Indiana fans. It might have been twenty to twenty or thirty to one, and the crowd got into it. And, and as he always has this year, Xavier Johnson was really good at like you know trying to get the crowd engaged, waving his arms quite a bit, and getting people to respond. He he's a guy who thrives on that kind of stuff. Some players you know don't, but I think that's important to him. Man, uh, you know, just, Trace Jackson Davis kind of struggled in the first half and everything. Uh, Rick, what did you what did you see that kind of switched or what light changed for him in the second half that really turned him on? You know, I, I think he also decided, you know, that he didn't want to go out uh, on that kind of a performance, and he did a better job, I think, of being more aggressive defensively and not just letting uh, Dickinson bull him down the block and score. I mean, Dickinson only had two points in the second half, I believe. Uh, in the first half, Dickinson played the way he did in Bloomington, where he made that three. And, you know, Dickinson, I think, hurt them. That technical foul uh, kind of that put him on the bench, first of all. And secondly, I think it took away some of his natural aggressiveness. I think he was afraid to kind of be himself in the second half. And then Trace, uh, I, I thought Trace did a better job of getting his position on the block in the second half, holding his position and and slowing down a little bit and, and you know, working into to, to point where he could score the ball. And so sometimes I think he, when he meets physical contact against bigger guys, he kind of surrenders and just throws the ball up there. And I think today in the second half, he was more willing to kind of play through the physicality. You know, I mean, a, a game like this, you know, where Indiana, I mean, early on, I mean, it just felt like all the other Michigan games that we've seen. They're doing whatever they want. We don't really look like we have a whole lot of fight, a whole lot compete in us. And that script just gets totally flipped. You know, I, to your point, I thought the way that they started the second half was actually important. You know, Xavier Johnson comes right out with two fouls and takes a charge. And that, you know, and to me, I mean, he's become this team's emotional leader, you know, because he brings it all the time. And that to me was a sign like, hey, okay, you know, at least we're not going to go out, you know, without competing, you know, right. and they were able to keep fighting back. I mean, you know, were there X's and I mean, we talked about the lineups. Indiana obviously changed its lineup, but were there other kind of X's and O's things that you saw, or did this really just boil down to a team that really didn't compete very well in the first half, turning it on and turning that level, that juice, all the way up to make a comeback in the second half that almost seemed to just shock Michigan? Like, wait a minute, is this the same team we were playing? You know, this offense is supposed to be easy yeah. against Indiana. <laughs> right. I mean, the offense was easy in the first half. Were they a 41 in the first half? Yeah. And they, you know, they outscored them in that stretch. I don't know. There's so many different numbers that I wrote down that they outscored. 28 to 4, I think it was in one stretch. Isn't that right? Yes. Um, but, you know, Michigan lost confidence uh, after those, really after those two threes that Houston made. He, he missed at least two or three more after that. And, and Brooks quit making them. And they... They got a bunch of shots swatted around the rim. That that also took away some of their confidence in terms of driving the ball. Uh, I think Indiana got away a little bit more in the second half in the pick-and-roll offense. They spread the floor more, and they let guys drive and, and get into the lane. And, and they did a few good uh, times uh, getting the ball in the lane, throwing it out to shooters. One time in particular when Cop was out on the left wing, and he made a three. And you know it, 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 the positive play just kind of built on each other one at a time. It, it was – I've, that's the best this team's played all year, really. And, and Jackson Davis made a made a great analogy. He said he kind of compared it to the game that Indiana lost at Wisconsin. And he said, you know, once things start going the right way, one team starts to think they can do everything right, and the other, the other team gets deflated. And, and this time Indiana was the team that started thinking they could do everything right. 
Let me ask you one more question before we get you out of here, Rick. And I really appreciate okay. you hopping on with us. Um, oh, you're I really, really do. What's the feeling now? You know, this has been a program that has not dealt very well with success. You know, when you have a right. big cathartic victory like this, you think back to the Purdue win at home and what happens after that, Indiana, you know, comes out and doesn't play well against Michigan. You know, so now they've had this big cathartic victory. It was kind of positioned as a play in game. It's like, okay, now you win and you're in. I would, I would highly, uh, I would ask everyone to hesitate there, right? Both Andy Bottoms and Delphi Bracketology, they continue to think Indiana needs to win two games to feel good about what happens on Selection Sunday, even though this win certainly puts Indiana in the conversation. What do you expect now tomorrow against Illinois, a team that the Indiana team that we've seen come rest on its laurels after a big victory and feel like they've already accomplished something, or a team now that feels like they have unfinished business and this second half shot them out of a cannon? Like, what do you think is going to happen? What's yeah, the sense you get? I mean, this team's been so strange all year. I don't really know. I mean, I, I hope uh, for their sake, they're mature enough to realize that you've got to try and win the game and take it out of the committee's hand. If you come in and beat Michigan and then you beat a, you know, a top co, a co big 10 champion like Illinois, then there is no doubt at that point you're, you're in the field. Uh, if you lose this game, then there's so many different variables that you have no control over. Like, are there going to be some, off-the-wall winners in some of the other conference tournaments. Uh, what, you know, what are the credentials of some of the other teams when they look at what, who you beat and quad one wins and those kinds of things? Uh, you know, if this game really is truly a step forward, they'll come out tomorrow and play that way. They played Illinois. It was a month ago. It was in early February, I think, in Assembly mm-hmm. Hall. I was at that game, and they actually led at halftime, and then they got embarrassed in the second half, as I remember, uh, and lost pretty yes. decisively. So. Uh, Jackson Davis has struggled against Coburn uh, as he has against Dickinson. So uh, maybe he's learned from it, but you know, I, I think uh, I, I like their chances of coming out and playing well because they had a great crowd in here today. They should have the crowd advantage again tomorrow. And uh, I think they, they have their play with a little bit more urgency. Illinois is as good as they've been has thrown in some stinkers this year. The key with Illinois is, I mean, if they get, Frazier and Plummer and those guys comfortable from the perimeter, jacking up threes and making them. Then you got, you surrounded Coburn with shooters. They're really hard to guard. So I think the key is to to keep Frazier and Plummer under control. That's what I think. And then real quick, you know, we talked about Trey with the injuries. What do you think? Do you have any sense of what he can give tomorrow? I mean, you know, playing this many minutes. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, knowing the competitor that he is uh, and the stuff he's already played through, I'm sure he'll be able to give them 15 to 20 minutes uh, if that's what they need. I'm sure he's already getting treatment right now in downtown Indianapolis. And uh, if he can go at all, he'll, he'll go as much as he can. All right, the great Rick Bozich from WDRB, our man on the scene. Rick, thank you so much for hopping in here with us. thanks for having me. Thank you, Rick. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate it. All right. Well, great to have a man on the scene there giving us – giving us some thoughts live. Uh, let's, uh, let's get to the last segment here, Chad. I appreciate you coming on here too uh, and helping out. But let's uh, coming up here on the assembly call in our final segment, we're going to hand out our game balls and our Hoosier Hustle Award, talk about a lingering question or two, and then look ahead to what's next for Indiana. That's all next right here on the assembly call. Stick with us.
What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Devontae. Devontae once tried to spur Indiana to a big comeback in the Big Ten tournament that fell short. Today, Indiana able to finish the job. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. By the way, Assembly Call Radio for tonight, kind of up in the air. We got to see who's available, what's happening. So just kind of keep your eyes on Twitter and the YouTube channel. If we can put a show together, uh, we will. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't looking good there for a while. It didn't look like a game anyone was going to want to talk about. Uh, but now I have a feeling that we'll be able to find plenty of people to talk about this one. Uh, but make sure that you go sign up for our free IU Hoops email newsletter, join.assemblycall.com. That's join.assemblycall.com. All right. Got about 10 minutes left here before I actually have to hop on a work call. Uh, always makes these mid-afternoon shows uh, a little bit strange. But let's talk about some game balls, Chad. Uh, I don't know. There's so many different directions you could go with this. And I'm so glad we have a Hoosier Hustle Award uh, on a day like today. But who gets your game ball uh, for this? Uh, just for the, for, for the pure full game and everything and what he supplied. Obviously, it's going to be a big argument between Trace and X. But for everything that he was able to give throughout the game and what he's given in these past couple games, it, it's got to be X. X gets my game ball easily. Yeah, I mean, look, I think you could make a case for Trace because he was so great in the first, in the second half. But part of the reason why Indiana dug the ditch that it did is because Trace did not come out with the level of energy and conviction that you need. You know, And there are just some moments where he hasn't risen to the occasion, and it felt like it was going to be another one of those. He did rise in the second half, but Xavier Johnson has been the guy that always rises to every competitive occasion. He makes mistakes, doesn't always make the right decisions, gets overly emotional sometimes. But you know, I, I mentioned this on Twitter in, you know, in the second half when Indiana was losing, that you know, think about where we've come since November and December, that here we are in March. And the guy that Indiana fans trust most is Xavier Johnson, which, and that is true. That is absolutely 100% true. And it says a ton about his maturation and his development and his skill and just all the things that he brings to the table and how well he has responded to the suspension at the Northwestern game. I mean, he really has. And I think the coaching staff needs to get a lot of credit for that too. It's also not a great sign for kind of the stagnation, you know, and even the regression of some of the other elements of this team that X has become the most trustworthy figure. But he has, and we needed every single one of his minutes in the first half. Kind of wish we had gotten a lot more minutes in the first half because he only finished with three fouls, coach. He could have played some of those minutes. And it's not like his other two fouls were bad. They were kind of, I mean, they were could have gone either way. He just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time almost. But he was terrific. 17 points. Every single one of his three-pointers was huge. He stepped up and hit the two free throws when it was 71-69 to make it a four-point game, which was fitting that he was the one who was able to close that out. He just brings it all the time. And all you're wondering is who else is going to bring it with X? We know X is going to bring the competitiveness. And Indiana needed all that fire today. So I agree with you. It's I think you could make a case for Trace, but I actually think it's, think it's a pretty easy one when you really start talking it through uh, that X has to be the guy. And let's go on now to the Hoosier Hustle Award. Hi, this is native Hoosier Anthony Leo. I pride myself on hustling every second I'm on the court. 
So it's an honor to present this episode's Hoosier Hustle Award, sponsored by our friends at Evansville Security Services. Based in the hometown of IU legend Calvert Cheney, Evansville Security Services provides off-duty police officers to businesses and individuals throughout Indiana. Their goal is to provide whatever level of safety and protection you're looking for. And just like hustle can't be measured by stats, but is often the difference between winning and losing, the prevention of bad outcomes can't be adequately measured either. But it can still have a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let Evansville Security Services help you prevent a bad outcome today. Go to EvansvilleSecurityServices.com to learn more. That's EvansvilleSecurityServices.com. All right. Well, thank you for that, Anthony Lil. Indiana now 1-0 in the Big Ten Tournament since we have had a Hoosier Hustle live ad read, or not live, but recorded ad read by Anthony Lille. So we are starting some new trends here uh, on the assembly call. This is a tough Hoosier Hustle award. Um, you know, you want... Trey Galloway, you want Jordan Geronimo to come away with something from this game, but I think you got to go with Trace Jackson Davis because what changed in the second half was Trace hustling. <laughs> I mean, just playing harder. Like you saw it actually the first possession defensively where instead of just kind of standing back passively defending, Trace is up on Hunter Dickinson, I think it was, you know, and he's kind of flailing his arms in his face. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, Trace at least came to play on this first possession defensively but he carried it through the entire second half. So tons of hustle from Trey Galloway coming off the injury. Tons for Jordan Geronimo. Both of those guys, Rob Finnessy too, they deserve a ton of credit. But Trace Jackson Davis, when he hustles and plays like this, he puts up 20 points, four blocks, and eight boards in the second half, and you can't replace that. And if you get this Trace Jackson Davis more often, all-American level Trace Jackson Davis, and sometimes the difference between regular Trace or even bad trace, and this trace is just the energy and the conviction and the fight that he's showing, it is such a difference maker for Indiana. So he's the Hoosier Hustle Award, and it, it led to him having probably, I don't know if it was the best second half of his career, but it was certainly the most meaningful half of basketball he's played in his career. And given that, I do think it's the most memorable and the best half of basketball that he's played because Indiana needed every ounce of it, and a lot of it just came from him getting fed up with what had happened playing harder and tougher and trace is really really good when he plays like that yeah i think um I, i'm a mixture on that I, I i'm gonna take i'm gonna take it the opposite way i think hustle awards shouldn't have to do with points you mentioned points there but uh, i'm gonna take that out of it there. doesn't the it's, points were a byproduct of the hustle is what i'm saying true that's true that's true that's true but it, it it's because his lackluster hustle that i i have to tip it for myself i have to tip it the way of trey just coming off the injury uh not playing for quite a while uh, not knowing if he was going to play in this game and then going in there and giving the amount of minutes that he did uh, with those, just showing how much of an X factor he is because of his hustle. That is the main factor that he contributes to this team uh, and why he has been a contributor to so many wins and uh, has not been able to contribute uh, his hustle and we've lost in the past. So my hustle word has to go to, to Trey. I mean, look, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. Trey's hustle was huge, especially coming off the groin injury, playing 28 minutes. Um, chat mob, you can uh, you can break the tie for us. Okay, we got to get out of here, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hop down to last call. Some final thoughts. Uh, again, don't know about a show tonight. Absolutely, we will have a show after the Illinois game uh, tomorrow. Um, I have one last thing I want to say, Chad. Give me your final thoughts in about 60 seconds on this IU victory, and then I'll close it up. 
Final thing is just uh, how exciting this team can be, uh, how much they can show how good they can be. It's both exciting and it's both both infuriating as an IU fan because they have it in them. They always have it in them. They just need that extra spark. What makes me so much more excited about this game is when team when we've had to get above uh, other teams and be better, it's been because of one player uh, shooting lights out or one player doing some crazy things. Well, it was pretty well-rounded in the points as we saw from the three-point and everything like that. And that's what makes me excited moving into this Illinois game and possibly being a better carryover than any other uh, all-out wins that we've had, like the Purdue game. That was Rob going off. And then the next game, Rob didn't have a good game. This time, it wasn't necessarily one player going crazy off than they normally would. So very excited for the next game. And let's go Hoosiers. Uh, I think the chat mob is right. We're going with a three-way tie. There's precedent for this. There was a three-way tie for the Hoosier Hustle Award after the Notre Dame game. Uh, there was a four-way tie for one game. So Trace, Trey, and Jordan, you can make a great case for all of those guys so they get it. Here's what I want to say. If indeed this game, you know, puts Indiana on the right side of the bubble or kind of like, you know, right there, you know, and it certainly seems like it does. I would ask the selection committee this. If you say that you take injuries into account and that if a team has lost a player and it was a meaningful loss, but that guy will be back for the tournament, then I think you have to look at the games missed by Rob Finnessy and Trey Galloway and what they meant today and say that, yeah, look, this Indiana team has lost close games. They've missed opportunities, all of this stuff. How can you watch this game today and not say that Indiana would be at least one or two games better with full health from those guys. And I get maybe not wanting to say that if you don't know if Trey Galloway is going to come back to play, because then that wouldn't be the team. But we saw it today. We saw what Trey means. We saw what Rob means. Clearly, Trey is healthy enough to at least play. That, to me, should be the tipping point that no matter what happens tomorrow, gets Indiana into the tournament. And we'll have to see. You know, let's wait and see what Andy says. Let's wait and see what Coach says, you know, and, and the other bracketologists uh, about what this does for Indiana's tournament chances. And I know I'm biased and all of that stuff. But I think if you're going to take injuries into account, those have been some of the most impactful guys. I know they're bench players, but all season long, those guys have been part of Indiana's best basketball, their best play, and they're both healthy, which means that this Indiana team has a chance to be at its best. And what we saw from Indiana over the last 12 minutes of this game today was Indiana at its best. And so now, look, it's they've been up and down. <laughs> you know, I don't think any of us will be shocked if Indiana comes out and really struggles tomorrow. But there's a lot of renewed hope after what we saw down the stretch there. And so much of it is because of the impact that Rob and Trey made. Uh, and so to me, that should be the tipping point that allows this win to be the one that puts Indiana in the NCAA tournament. But ideally... Just go out and beat Illinois. <laughs> Let's go beat Illinois tomorrow. End all the discussion. Enjoy Selection Sunday and play into the Big Ten tournament into the weekend because that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, but either way, there'll be time to think about that. I think we all want to savor this one for a little bit, at least a few hours, uh, because it was a game that exercised a lot of demons for Indiana, showed us this, that this team has a level of heart, a level of togetherness, uh, and an inner resolve that I think everybody fairly wondered if they had. With the losses down the stretch, with the poor showing through the first 28 minutes of this game, but with its back firmly pressed up in a vice grip up against the wall, this team fought back and won a game that it looked like they had no chance to win. Uh, and in a season where they've lost a lot of games that it felt like they had a great chance to win, 
this was a wonderful, wonderful opportunity seized by Indiana to flip that script. I'm just a proud, happy fan uh, and uh, really happy with what Indiana was able to do today. Great performance. I tip my cap to everybody, uh, and I can't wait to see what they have for us tomorrow. So that's going to do it uh, for us on this edition of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. And don't forget to go to join.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thank you to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. Special thanks to Rick Bozich for being here and Tony and Chad. Appreciate you guys, and thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you soon. Maybe tonight, for sure, tomorrow. Until then. Take it from me, Yogi Ferrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. And now i got to go try and focus on a work call. That's going to go great. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for being here. Woo! Awesome performance by our Hoosiers. What a win to get. Uh, And I'll let you know. Twitter, somehow, we'll let you know if we're going to do a show tonight. Um, It's awesome. Have a great afternoon, everybody. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.